This is the Pokedex Radio Podcast, where you can learn to be the very best, like no one ever was. Now, every Pokemon trainer knows that the best place to learn everything about Pokemon is to check their Pokedex. This is where we talk about all things Pokemon from the video game to the anime and more. Learn how to be a Pokemon master at PokedexRadio.com. trainers and welcome to another episode of the pokedex radio podcast my name is austin i am the host of this show i do want to thank you very much for downloading today's episode and listening today um you'll hear a little bit later on that the pace of the show probably kind of changes uh what i did was i accidentally somehow lost the first half of the show when i was recording live so i'm re-recording the second half still doing it live so those of you who are listening you probably already heard everything again I'm just going to do the entire first half of the show all over again, and um, those of you who downloaded the show probably won't even know the difference. Anyways, um, first of all, if you'd like to see the show notes for today's episode, you can head over to pokedexradio.com slash 81, uh, I'm sorry, 82, reading 81, pokedexradio.com slash 82 to see everything that we talked about in today's episode. So I don't exactly remember exactly what we talked about, but... um, if I repeat myself, I apologize. So uh, first off, I wanted to start with a comment that was left over on the show notes of last week's episode. Uh, previously, we talked about a lot of the uh, Nintendo, um, our, our thoughts of Nintendo and where they're going in the future, what they're going to be doing with the Nintendo Wii U and things like that. Um, that was, uh, we had a comment from Mark as well, mentioning a lot of that saying, hey, that's what Nintendo does. Um, they thrive on nostalgia. And so I really enjoyed his comment. And, and just as, as again, a thank you, Mark, for that comment that you left on the, the past two episodes there. Uh, we had a couple other comments as well, um, including Mark's on episode 81 last week. But Ryan's uh, really stood out to me. And since obviously the big news last week was Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. The, the biggest, best part of, of the week, absolutely. Um, and we talked about our thoughts and, 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 and views of the game that we think that might happen. Are, so one thing that we didn't discuss, and Renee and I had actually discussed uh, in person, even way before that show, uh, was um, why Omega and why Alpha? Why, why Alpha Omega? Why the beginning and the end? Um, and we discussed a little bit of this, but Ryan definitely hits it home in his comment, and I'm going to read it right here. Ryan says, I have an idea for what the titles Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire might mean. Alpha is the beginning and Omega is the end. Groudon and Kyogre, Groudon and Kyogre uh, use their incredible powers to raise the land and oceans which first created our world in the beginning, hence the Alpha. Their powers were catastrophic and for a time there were raging storms and harsh droughts. But in the end, they created the Pokemon world we know and love today. The two evil teams, Aqua and Magma, respectively want to raise one of the legendary Pokemon to make the world just land or just sea. 
If you played Ruby, Sapphire, or Emerald, then you know that once the once the Pokemon Groudon, Groudon and Kyogre are awoken, they begin to destroy the world. This leads the evil teams to finally realize that although Groudon and Kyogre's power created the world, their powers, if fully awoken, would bring the world to an end. This is where Omega comes into play. Groudon and Kyogre created the world in the beginning, and they will be the Pokemon who will inevitably bring the world to an end. This is how I think that the Omega and Alpha have a role in the story of the games. Now, Ryan, thank you so much for your comment, and yes, that definitely hits at home. You hit the nail right on the head. That is perfect. That is the greatest thing. I, one of the greatest things I've honestly heard that um, Omega is, I mean, Alpha is the beginning and Omega is the end. And, and just as a side comment here, I like what Nintendo, uh, what Pokemon is doing with, with a lot of the, uh, the Greek terms and things like that. Um, the Omega and Alpha are Greek letters, the first letter of the alphabet, Alpha, the last letter of the alphabet in Greek, Omega, uh, the word Kalos meaning beauty in Greek, or at least translate to something, translate to something like beauty. I asked somebody once who spoke Greek and they were like, it's not actually beauty. It's like pretty, it's kind of something like that. So he didn't really give me the person who I asked didn't give me that great of an explanation, but, um, somewhere around the terms that were on the lines of the word beauty. Anyways, um, I really like how uh, they keep going with that Greek-themed um, naming system. So, Omega, the beginning, I'm sorry, uh, Alpha, the beginning, and Omega, the end. Groudon and Kyogre, in, in the creation theory of Pokemon, of the, cre- uh, the creation of the world, Groudon and Kyogre created the land and the seas, and it was good, you know? Uh, and then they're inevitably, obviously, the ones to go ahead and destroy the Earth as well. Um, but obviously Rayquaza comes in and quells their fighting and puts them back to, you know, back to rest. So definitely a lot of, uh, great naming schemes from, uh, from Pokemon. Uh, and they do need a, uh, grant, uh, Brandon goes, uh, mentioned over here in the comments, uh, saying that, uh, not in the comments, but in the, in the chat that, uh, they, I think they need a Greek style Pokemon in the game. And I think that's what they did with, uh, um, I can't think of the legendary Pokemon's names, Brandon. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Eveltal and Xerneas, very kind of Celtic, kind of not Greek itself, but Celtic type of uh, mythic god styled Pokemon, and obviously they did, they did that with with uh, Rayquaza as well, kind of like the 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 Asian Ch- or Chinese dragon or Japanese dragon, whatever it's supposed to be. Um, they did that with Rayquaza as well. So very interesting things that that Pokemon is doing with uh, with their games. And I'm hoping it's not just some sort of game. And I just read this somewhere uh, right before I started doing the show was that uh, it's just going to be another remake uh, with an with an added gimmick, and that's it. And I'm hoping it's not going to be just that. It's a Pokemon game, yes. So they're going to add something kind of gimmicky. Like originally, it was the whole global trading system, which kept on. Um, secret bases better come back because they added, they always add something new in each and every one of the games and then they take it away in the next game. So, um, in the, uh, gold and silver games, they added the day and the night feature and the radio thing and all that other cool stuff. And then they took it away when we came into, uh, Ruby and Sapphire, there was no day and night feature. There was no radio. There was nothing interesting like that. Uh, when we went to uh, diamond and pearl, there was a day and night feature sort of, um, 
but it wasn't as robust and and things and just very and then once in uh, sorry I'm like rambling here uh, and X and uh, Black and White had seasons and now we don't really see seasons anymore and it was kind of gimmicky and kind of something that just they just kind of threw in there but hopefully they start sticking to their guns and 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 leaving in all of the good things that we use to see the Pokemon world as literally a Pokemon world. Um, I'm wondering what they're going to add in the new remakes of Omega, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I always switch them up. Um, hopefully it's nothing gimmicky that they're going to eventually take out. I'm sure it is, but we can only hope. So next we have an interview, um, another installment from Poke Press um, by Stephen Reich. He interviewed Neil Jason, who was a composer for a lot of the Pokemon songs that we know and love. Things like uh, from the To Be A Master CD, which uh, if you're listening to the live show, I actually played a couple of songs from from the To Be A Master CD on purpose because of this. He remastered the Poke... Uh, he helped... Um, uh, not, I want to say I don't want to say remaster, but he helped recompose the uh, uh, the Pokemon theme song for the first Pokemon movie and a couple of other things. And one thing I really just kind of want to throw out there is the fact that he, um, before doing a lot of the Pokemon stuff, he actually knew uh, uh, John uh, John Loeffler, who uh, was John Loeffler. No, it was Ralph Shuckett. I was thinking of no John Loeffler, who Ralph Shuckett knew. The guy who was on the on the past couple of uh, interviews that um, we have from Poke Press um, and Jason Siegler and just a lot of these people that he knew before Pokemon and they were just all uh, they just kind of knew each other through work if if they weren't already friends at the time. It's really cool to to see this. is It's like you it it matters who you know, especially when you're doing something you love when you're going through that career that you know you want to stay with. So. It's really interesting, and there's a lot of cool stuff that he does mention in the interview as well. So I'm going to go ahead and play the interview now, uh, so you can go ahead and listen to it. Again, this is uh, Stephen Reich from Poke Press interviewing Neil Jason. Hi, I'm Stephen Reich, here at the Poke Press Pierre and Studios in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm on the phone with Neil Jason who worked on quite a number of things for Pokemon, actually. He uh, basically uh, wrote a couple songs and actually rearranged the themes for the uh, for the first two Pokemon movies. We'll get into that in a little bit, but first off, Neil, uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And uh, what was your early musical career like? Uh, did you uh, take any lessons or, or play any instruments? Hi, Stephen. Thanks for uh, having me on. My career, uh, the the my beginning in instruments, uh, started the public school system where I learned how to play trumpet and I learned about reading, et cetera, et cetera, and a lot of practicing, and I switched to bass or played, started playing bass right at the beginning of my college career and uh, piano and a few other instruments, and I really uh, stuck with bass, and it's become a lifelong passion, and it's, uh, I love playing and, uh, you know, what was your early career once you had gotten out of school and started working professionally? What was that like? Well, I was a session player for quite a while, and I played on Brothers in Arms with Dire Straits. I did three or four Roxy Music albums, uh, Flesh and Blood and Boys and Girls. I played for Paul McCartney, for Hall & Oates, for Cindy Lauper's records, Diana Ross's records, lots of movies, um, lots of television, lots of jingles. Uh, was a wonderful playing time, and it taught me a lot about my arranging technique and about my production technique. 
That's an awesome opportunity getting to work with. Uh, any particular one that might have been your, your favorite of that uh, part of your career? Yes, all of them. <laughs> good answer, good answer. So, um, you know, obviously you had worked with some some real legends out there, and eventually you got the chance to work on Pokemon. Uh, how did that get started? Uh, how did you get introduced to it? And uh, what was some of the what was like the first thing you worked on there? Well, I was good friends with uh, John Leffler and also John Siegler, uh, who wrote the theme with John Leffler, and we had worked together on lots of different projects in the past. And they needed to uh, have a larger crew of guys available to work on some of the Pokemon movie stuff and television stuff and songs for the CDs. So John asked me if I would co-write with him on a couple of things. And so I went up to see some of the stuff about Pokemon in the movie and get some of the books and read some of the history and figure out what the heck we were going to write about. Must have been a very interesting process. Uh, so you did uh, ended up doing some research. Uh, what was that like? It was actually fun. It took us a while, some of us, to figure out. It's it's an entire like you know life science Pokemon. It's another world, and you really have to learn about all the places and the people and the actions and the powers before you could really talk about it or sing about it. So as much as we could all write great music, you had to write a song about the Pokemon world. And that means you have to know about Pokemon. So we actually, you know, we read the books, we checked out the cards, we saw as many films as we could. And it was a lot of fun, actually. And then you start to develop titles and ideas and things that are important because you've seen enough of them that, you know, hmm, you know, Pikachu very important character, Viridian City, very important place. These are things that the characters will want to sing about, and that's the way uh, I came up with a lot of the song. That's pretty cool. And and one thing you worked on uh, specifically, uh, in addition to you know uh, Viridian City on 2BM Master and some of the stuff on Totally Pokemon, is you had to rearrange the themes for uh, the first two movies. Now, you had worked on songs for movies before. Um, how does that kind of differ from regular song uh, songwriting or arrangement? Is there anything different about the process there, or um, anything else we should know? Well, the song, written by uh, John Siegel and John Leffler, you had to keep the integrity of the song, so to speak, because the fans really knew the song. At the same time, it had to match some of the stuff on the screen. And uh, again, staying to the integrity of the song, making sure that it still sounded like the original uh, as far as intent and melody, but with a new twist and definitely with, uh, you know, insane energy. And it worked out fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I remember certainly with the first movie, they actually showed uh, earlier this year a digitally remastered version, so I've actually seen it uh, a decent number of times over the last couple months re-watching it, and uh, that is really, because you have to integrate that with, you know, all the all the battle sounds and, and Ash talking, and uh, but you certainly uh, pulled it off there. Um, what was it like when you when you saw the, the final product? How First of all, how close to the final product were you when you did the... Uh, thing there? Was it all just MIDI and then you someone it went off somewhere to get uh, actually recorded? Or how close was it to the final sound when you were finished working with it? 
oh, was really close when I was done working with it um, because we, uh, and still do, we all had our own studios at that point. So we were able to, as we were close to the end of writing or even as we were writing, actually record the stuff and watch the pencil drawings or the partial films that we had so that we could match up stuff as best as we could. But when we were done, we were done except for mastering. We had what we wanted. Oh, so the, so the instrument sounded pretty much the same as what was in the, the final recording then? Oh, yeah. No, there was, we didn't have to... Uh, again, if we needed strings, they came to us. We had a studio. So when we were done, all we had to do was have it mastered for the film house, and that was it. Yeah, just kind of something I've kind of wondered about that. So um, when you heard the final product for these to, these songs, uh, what was your kind of reaction there? Well... It's a whole different thing to go to a movie theater with people in it and hear it and see it than it is even in a screening, which is always nice, but it's not the size of your local movie theater. And I made a point, and we all do at some point, to go see it in a really nice big movie theater. And it sounds unbelievable. It, it really is a lot of fun because... That's a huge difference when you think about, you know, staying up till three in the morning because they keep shifting the effects and you can't start singing there. You got to start singing in the bar later. You got to move everything or re-sing. Or, I mean, they suddenly it's like, well, you know what? That's pretty freaking fun. It was really loud, so I loved it. Glad you, uh, you know, obviously enjoyed the the finished product too. That's always uh, a great thing to be able to to hear your work and to hear you know other people's reactions to it. So after the first couple movies, you did work on um, a couple other things for the, the for the Pokemon TV show. Uh, what were they? Uh, which, which songs? Um, there's one or two that names that I cannot remember. I know there was Viridian City. I know there was Pikachu. And there were two or three other ones that I wrote with John Leffler and John McCurry that uh, show up on various albums. But um, that was about it. And then it took on a life of its own for a while. And then, of course, we all have other projects to do. And, uh, you know, other guys took over. And I guess it wound itself down a little bit after that. Yeah, it did, which is, you know, in a way kind of a shame, but it's great that you were able to contribute when you had the, a, a chance there. I'm, I, I really like uh, really like those songs. Yeah, I was thrilled to work with those guys, too. They were all fantastic to work with. All right. Well, speaking of your other work, since then you've done uh, really a, a bunch of other stuff. First of all, you've uh, you'll occasionally um, be part of the uh, the band on uh, the Late Show with David Letterman. Uh, what what is that like? Well, I continue to do a lot of things that I've always done since the beginning. One is I've been um, playing uh, as uh, subbing for the illustrious Will Lee on bass on the David Letterman Show for like 31 years. I've played with Paul Schaefer on many, many albums, and as well as everybody else in the band. So I still continue to do that, you know, uh, probably about 60 or so days a year. Um, I feel in there, so wonderful to uh, see those guys. 
And, you know, in addition to working on a, you know, a nationally televised uh, program a couple dozen nights a year, uh, you also, first of all, your, your wife is actually uh, involved in music, and uh, she actually put something out recently uh, on uh, an album. What album is that? And, and tell us a little bit about it. Um, Margaret, thanks so much for asking. My wife, her name is Brigitte Zari, is a jazz vocalist and a composer, and uh, her second CD, which is called L'Amour, uh, came out last month and is doing just fantastic. Went to number one in France and a few other places. Is still in the top 40, doing fantastic on radio. And she's about to go out and start touring. And I couldn't be more thrilled. I love producing uh, jazz, and she's just a fantastic artist. And it keeps me uh, busy along with working with uh, Randy Brecker on the Brecker Brothers Reunion um, Band. And Randy, in fact, guest soloed on Brigitte's latest CD, and uh, just staying busy in the studio. Sounds really great. Um, so, uh, if people are interested in your wife's work, uh, she has a website. Uh, wh- what is that? Uh, absolutely, it's uh, com. and of course, I'll spell that: B R I G I T T E. Z-A-R-I-E dot com. And her new album is named L'Amour, and I'm sure they'll love it. As far as me, if you want to know other stuff that I've done, uh, you can go to allmusic.com and just type in Neil Jason, and it has a wondrous list that I'm so happy somebody's kept track of this stuff. Absolutely. One of the great things is that we have, you know, access to this kind of information now um, at our fingertips. All right. Well, thank you very much, Neil. It's been great having you on. Thank you, Stephen. This has been Stephen Reich from the Poké Press PR and Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, on the phone with Neil Jason, who, um, you know, wrote and uh, arranged quite a number of songs for the Pokémon TV show. That was a really great interview. Like I said earlier, uh, that's just something that I've, I've always kind of noticed when it comes to a lot of these uh, uh, like composers and people who just know each other within the business. They were friends even beforehand, and look at them working on something so uh, just just cool like the Pokemon movie. And obviously, they they have you know their own careers and everything that go on. That's just one thing that they do, which is which is to me just something just amazing. Just know knowing a little bit about that that field that it's just. They go where they work on this one thing, and that's just one of their projects. There's not, they're not just, you know, only all about Pokemon, but they do so many other things as well. Like Neil Jason even plays uh, bass on the David Letterman show. It's like, come on, like that guy's been doing that for decades now, and he's also the guy who helped compose some of the Pokemon stuff. Come on, just really, really cool things there. So, um, let's start getting, let's get back into uh, some of the Pokemon news here. Uh, first off, um, and and what really kind of sucks is a lot of this stuff is only available uh, outside of the United States, and that's that's where I live in the states here. So uh, one thing here is uh, the um, a Pokemon patterned a Pokemon Pokeball patterned Vivion will be available uh, in at the Pokemon Center in Paris. Uh, obviously, you know France is the the basis of the the new Pokemon, oh, not the new Pokemon region, but the uh, the recently. Uh, the recent Pokemon region of Kalos. So obviously they're going to do this in, in France, in Paris now. So, um, 
It's a Pokeball pattern VVON. It'll be distributed at the Pokemon Center in Paris between June 1st and June 21st. Um, it's very cool looking. I'll put a I'll put a picture of it over on the uh, on on the website over again at PokedexRadio.com slash eighty two. Um, the Pokemon will be at level the VVON will be at level twelve. Will come in a Cherish Ball as usual. Um, it'll be holding an item, and it will have uh, the moves Stun Spore, Gust, Light Screen, and Struggle Bug. So. Interesting little Pokemon. I'm surprised it comes at such a low level, uh, but it's it's a very cool pattern. It looks just like a Pokeball. I like. I really wish I could have one my, myself, but you know, hopefully they release that uh, around the world as well, not just in Paris. Uh, the next event here we're going to be talking about is one for Pikachu as well. Pikachu distribution event again nowhere else but japan it'll be just uh, it'll be available at uh eon malls and eon stores on june 15th um and that's a weird thing about this pikachu is that um it'll be holding a ribbon that will prevent it from being traded on the gts so we are completely unable to trade this pikachu at all to other people if you obviously get it um there's so far I haven't seen any information uh, about this uh, this particular Pikachu other than what I'm just kind of reading here, um, but it looks like they they had mentioned the event on Pokemon Get TV, uh, and it's just a special type of Pikachu. I mean, we all have tons of Pikachu. I'm sure they've done tons of events and everything about it uh, for it. So it's just something new, something different that uh, that they're doing in Japan. Another kind of event that we're not getting around the world. Um, let's see here. What's something else new, a uh, new Pokemon game. It'll be for the three DS. It's going to be available in the three DS eShop again, currently only for Japan. Um, it's called the thieves and the 1000 Pokemon. Uh, it's a, like I said, a game that can be downloaded on the, uh, Nintendo three DS eShop. Again, the thieves and the 1000 Pokemon, um, apparently has something to do with the, the, uh, the Pokemon movie, Deancey and the cocoon of destruction. Uh, the thieves, uh, pictured in the uh in in the game have something to do with uh the the bad guys the thieves in the movie um so um what it does is in the game players gather their pokemon by street passing um using the street pass feature on the on nintendo 3ds and then using them to battle uh these thieves so it's an interesting little spin-off type of game um it's like a greek style pokemon because they use the greek language all the time how many composers work for Pokemon? I'm not even sure. Sorry, I'm reading the, the comments over here. Uh, Brandon asks, how many composers worked on Pokemon? I'm not even sure how many uh, were. I'm sure there were, you know, a, a good handful of, of composers that worked on the Pokemon games. Uh, so far on the show, we've had two. So I'm not even... Uh, and if you look in the back of the CDs, there is just, uh, you know, tons of people who work on these Pokemon games. But... Again, quickly back to the uh, this the thieves the thieves and uh, one thousand Pokemon. Currently, only uh, for Japan, but hopefully that gets uh, released sometime soon in the states. The game is actually free um, for a limited time, and um, that'll be something interesting to see. I wonder what because obviously we haven't seen Deancey in the Cocoon of Destruction yet. So hopefully it's something cool, something not just a little, you know solitaire like game where you just play when you're bored hopefully it's a decent story to the game as well a game that i mentioned last week was pokemon art academy um i mentioned it last week as uh, also that it was only available for japan but right after i did the show they announced that it'll be available around the world as well so it will launch in europe on july 14th 2014 
in Australia and New Zealand on July 15th, 2014, and it'll launch here in the States in the fall of 2014. So we will be seeing this game. It's very cool. Uh, in, in Japan, it'll actually uh, launch on June 19th, 2014. So it's very cool that we actually get to see this game uh, around the world because it's a very simple looking game it just teaches you how to draw pokemon um you can actually save it to the uh, to your sd card and everything on the 3ds or 2ds whatever you're using so you can actually go ahead and you know take them to your computer and even print them out which i think is very cool very interesting um i would like to learn how to draw pokemon i mean i'm not an artist or anything like that but i think this is kind of cool uh, i'll go ahead and i'll put the video for the um for the game it's like a trailer for the game it's about a five minute thing I'll put it up over on the show notes again at pokedexradio.com slash 82. Let's move on. Uh, Pokemon Black 2 and White 2, their super music collection is now available on iTunes. It's actually been available for about a week now, so kind of late on this news. But a lot of the music from the games are, again, $10.99, dollar each song. Don't buy each song. It's 173 of them. Just go out and buy the album itself for uh, for $9.99. Uh, don't waste your money on buying them, each and every one of them individually. I would play some of them now, but like I said uh, earlier in the show, I'm having some technical difficulties, so we're not going to go ahead and do anything like that. I can only pretty much stream live right now, and I'm not going to touch my computer in any way because I've had so many problems today so far. Um, but this is pretty much the last of the game soundtracks um, that I I think, right? That's uh, They've done... Um, fire red leaf green they've done diamond and pearl they've done uh well they're missing ruby and sapphire i believe right now so hopefully we'll be getting that one soon uh they've done x and y they've done black and white uh they've done uh what else all all of the other games pretty much uh, except ruby and sapphire i believe so i'm i'm assuming that'll be the last one that'll be uh, uh released so i look forward to going ahead and seeing that uh sometime soon Again, available on the iTunes store. Go ahead, buy it. It's awesome. All right, let's get into the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? The Pokemon of the episode today is Pokemon number 426, Drifblim. Drifblim is a ghost and flying type Pokemon. It is known as the Blimp Pokemon, um, very aptly named because it looks like a blimp or a balloon. Actually, uh, Drifloon, it's... um. Um, base evolution is actually known as the balloon Pokemon. So Driftblim is a, like I said, it's a ghost flying type Pokemon. Um, it has uh, three different abilities, obviously two regular and one hidden ability. It's uh, first ability is aftermath. The foe that dealt with the final hit, uh, the foe that dealt with the final hit loses one quarter of its maximum HP. Of, if the move made physical contact. Um, so it actually, when, Driftblim faints, then that Pokemon also get, uh, gets some damage as well, kind of like recoil damage, a type of something like that. So the next uh, ability that it can have is Unburden. Unburden, what it does is the speed is doubled once their held item is consumed. So pretty much your held item is actually, in a way, weighing you down. Uh, its hidden ability is Flare Boost. Uh, its special attack stat is increased by 50% when it's burned. It's actually a pretty pretty good hidden ability. Uh, obviously, you know, instead of when you're burned, your attacks that gets cut in half, or I believe that's one third, either one of the two of them. I can't really remember off the top of my head here, but it does get cut. So for flare boost, its special attack gets uh, 
gets increased, that is a, actually a very good thing. Uh, let's find where you, let's see where you can find drift uh, drift loon first. Drift loon you can find on Route Eight, and uh, it evolves uh, into drift blim in at a uh, level twenty eight. And the only way you can find Drift Blim in the wild is in the Friend Safari, and you can't find it anywhere else unless you evolve a Drift Loon into the Drift Blim. Let's see here. Let's go over Drift Blim stats. HP 150, attack 80, defense 44, special attack 90, special defense 54, and a speed of 80. It has a very, very high HP stat. Um, obviously, great attack, even better special attack, and a great speed of 80 there. Um, very good Pokemon. So, uh, that is again, the Pokemon of the episode, the blimp Pokemon, Pokemon number 426 drift blimp. So it's a pretty short episode today. It's probably about half an hour. I actually, um, if I didn't, if you heard it at the beginning of the episode, I actually lost the first half of the show. Um, my recorder was being silly again. So uh, those of you who are listening to this live, it's been about 45 minutes for you guys. So thank you so much for sticking around for the live show. I know it was kind of short today, not really much uh, conversation or anything like that. I just wanted to get a lot of this news out just because I feel a lot of this was really important that Pokeball Pattern VV on. It's an awesome looking VV on. I would love to actually be able to get my hands on at least one of them. Doesn't matter what abilities, what whatever it has, just I would like one because it just looks so cool. Um, that Pikachu. It's another Pikachu. I'm not really too concerned about that one. Uh, another quick thing here, um, nanoblocks. They're like Legos, but smaller, apparently. Um, there's a new, uh, there's a new uh, set of nanoblocks for, for Pokemon coming out. Originally, uh, there was a, a Pikachu, a Bulbasaur, a Charmander, and a Squirtle nanoblock uh, build thing. Uh, now there's going to be an Eevee, a Gengar, a Mewtwo, and a Charizard nanoblock. And the Charizard one looks adorable. Um, not too much into buying things like toys or anything, but this would be very cool to actually have to maybe put on my desk at work or something like that. Really cool looking. So, uh, these will be uh, released on June 30th, 2014. Uh, the original ones, again, Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle would be awesome to have as well. Uh, but the new ones, which are the Eevee, Gengar, Mewtwo, and Charizard, June 30th, 2014. So that is pretty much it for today's episode, trainers. I know it wasn't a lot. I know it wasn't a lot of discussion or anything like that, but I do want to thank a lot of you for sticking around for it anyways. And uh, thank you, Brandon, for saying it's okay. So um, so yeah, that was today's episode. I know we didn't have the, uh, uh, and Dre went ahead and commented over on the, the chat. There was no uh, competitive build for Ludicolo. He's a little busy. No worries, Dre. Don't even worry about it. School is more important. You do your thing there, and we'll get we'll get the uh, the competitive builds at a later time. Don't even worry about it, man. So thank you so much for sticking around, trainers. Um, I'm going to go ahead and re-record the first half right now. Uh, those of you who want to stick around listening to me, do it. That's fine. Uh, who are listening live. Um, if you're not listening live, if you're listening to the downloaded episode, you heard me. You heard the re-recording anyways. Uh, we do the show live every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, just come come over, listen to us do this live, and sometimes we mess up, sometimes we don't. So uh, that's over at pokedexradio.com slash live. And those of you who do want to as well support the show, those of you who like us well enough to go in and do so, you can um, either donate over at pokedexradio.com slash donate, throw us a few dollars. It really does help because a lot of this stuff, no matter how much it fails me every once in a while, 
it is kind of expensive. <laughs> and uh, so if you want to help me, I'll go ahead and do that. Or if you shop on Amazon, feel free to go ahead and use our affiliate, not affiliate link, but our th- our link, pokedexradio.com slash Amazon. It takes you right to the front page of Amazon. Bookmark that link, actually. And every time you shop on Amazon, use that. And I get a little small portion of whatever you uh, whatever you pay for whatever items you buy on Amazon. I would really appreciate if you did that, trainers. Um, or you could even go to pokedexradio.com slash store. It's just a small Amazon store that I built um, using the uh, Amazon tool that they provide for me. Uh, and it's just a bunch of Pokemon stuff, Nintendo games, and uh, Legend of Zelda stuff, things like that. Just a bunch of Nintendo stuff packed together. But if you just want to search it on your own, bookmark the link, pokedexradio.com slash Amazon. So thank you so much trainers for sticking around for the live show. That is it. Uh, let's go ahead and cue up the music here so we can end things a little loud. Sorry. Always hit it loud. Oh, well. So trainers, that is it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, my name is Austin letting you know to live, laugh and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next week. podcast is a flashlight studios production copyright 2014 flashlight studios for more information you can visit us at flashlight-studios.com or for the pokedex radio at pokedexradio.com and thank you for listening